This is Don Gibb. You're, you're listening to Drunk on Comics, you nerds. Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 317. We just got back from Motor City Comic Con. I was able to edit all these uh, interviews together that we uh, conducted on the floor and uh, made a pretty good show for you this week. We have, in no particular order on this episode, Dirk Manning, Shay Han, Ben Goldsmith, Jeremiah Lambert, and Don Gibb. Hopefully you guys have heard these names before, and if not, you're going to get to know these people a lot better. So grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 317, interviews from Motor City Comic Con 2018. It has been since Grand Rapids? Yeah, it, and that's about seven, eight, eight uh, months ago? Yeah, it yeah been, it's been a while, man. What, it, it's it's been, been too long. Been living under a rock or something? Oh, I mean, I, you I, know. I, I, I don't feel the love anymore. You, like, you would be on our show at least once a month. You'd be on every <laughs> week if you could. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny. As you know, we talked about it beforehand. I've been on the road a lot this year. I've been flying a lot this year, which is really new for me. Um, you know, I've flown to Philadelphia, you know, flying to Seattle, stuff like that. And as a result, it's a different dynamic to my schedule. And I've had to acclimate to flying. And it sounds so Hollywood, and I apologize. Those of you that have <laughs> been with the show from the beginning know, know this journey I've been on. But it's weird now to like, oh yeah, I jumped on a plane and went to Philly this weekend and then came back. But then it wipes you out, man. It's weird, like, I'm not... Yeah, flight, flight does something to you that yes, is different in travel. It does, because I like to drive. I normally drive everywhere, but it's getting to the point where I've had so many shows lined up and now so many books coming out. I need to get back quicker so I can get writing. So I thought, well, I'll start flying. Ship the books, good to go. But then I end up losing just as much time recovering from flight that I might as well driven, but... No, I've just had a lot of. Bo- I've been on the road. What? Got a lot. Of, got a lot of books coming out. So your uh, social media presence also has blown up more. You've been using that Facebook Live. I have. Like no one's business. It's almost like you don't need a lowly podcaster no, anymore to promote you. Jesus. You do it yourself. No, that's not true. The the the, re- the real reason I've been off the podcast circuit has been working on the Nightmare World Omnibus, working on Tales Mystery Vine Four, and this summer I want to start getting back in touch with all my friends because I'll have, along with the Omnibus. Mystery Vine 4 on the horizon. Uh, three, three, actually probably three or four new books to talk about. Wow. So right, right. I've been I've been laying low because I didn't want to say, well, I got this book coming out and I can't talk about it yet. I want to come on and talk to you about the books, about Hope, about the Adventures of Cthulhu Jr., a Dastardly Dook, about Haunted Highlands, about Cosa Nostra. So we'll do a much more uh, sit down and catch up talk this summer. For sure. I look forward to that. But yes. there has been some development since last fall. Yes. Especially with, with these two books here. Mm-hmm. And how, how have those been going? How have they been received? Uh, uh, people are really responding very well to Hope and uh, The Adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk. Hope is a book about a mom who moonlights as a superhero. And the tagline on the book has been um, Everything can change in an instant. And. Uh, Kaylin Smith is the artist and co-creator of the book. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because when people, you know, found out that Kaylin Smith, a.k.a. The Talent, and I uh, were working on a book together, it was one of those two great tastes that taste great together thing. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Dirk Manning and Kaylin Smith are doing a book, and it's a superhero book? That was a big when you you did a, a poll to see what people would guess. Yes, in the Facebook group. And yeah. I and I had a feel like reading what they were. I was like, I'm almost thinking that it's almost all. I can't remember exactly. Each line, you were but like, you were one of the first ones that said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you said I bet it's all of them because I said a superhero book, an like, all no ages way. book, nope, <laughs> a comedy book. I said or a crime book. <laughs> and then as it ends up, those four books were Hope was the superhero, Cthulhu Junior was the all ages, 
Haunted High Ends was the comedy, and next week at C4, Cherry Capital Comic Con, Cosa Nostra is the crime book. But yeah, you were the first ones like, I bet you it's all of them. I'm like, I've known them too long! <laughs> I, I have to say, this this all-ages book... Cthu- the Adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk? Wh- where did this pop out of? Like, what what made you just think this would... This is something that you now want... I mean, I know your, your plethora of books. Yeah, This yeah, is yeah. totally different. Well, all the books that you just said, totally different. Haunted High Ends, I feel, is a bit more in your your realm with what goes on in there. But right. This it, it's it's I want I don't want to say cute in like a bad cute in the. No, I get it. Yeah. It is. It's cute. Scoot is cute. You know. I mean that <laughs> the artist Scoot McMahon did. Um, once I got the Nightmare World Omnibus kind of off my bandwidth, it's been a journey to get that book to the point where it's ready to be you know out the door. Now people are getting their books, things like that. There's always been some other books I've wanted to do. But at the same time, still honor the fact that when you read Cthulhu Jr., it reads like a Dirk Manning book with Scoot McMahon. It's like Chocolate and Vanilla Swirl with Hope. It reads like a book that Kaylin Smith and I did together, Chocolate and Vanilla Swirl. Um, Cthulhu Jr. is a book I've always wanted to do because I have so many adults come to my table with kids. And, you know, for some reason, kids like me. I try to get them not to. I'm like, I'm not a likable person. You really are better off staying away. And they just laugh, and I try to scare them. And, they, and then they want to read my books, and I'm like, I don't want to pay your therapy bills. If you read this, you will be traumatized. You are too young. So part of it was having to want, you know, business-wise, when I have a book I can give to all ages. But that's also the other thing. It's a truly an all-ages book. You and I can read it. We're going to get something different out of it than a little kid. But it's also just a story I wanted to tell. Uh, the Adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk is about a wannabe super... It's kind of a, it's a wannabe supervillain who has to capture Cthulhu's son to be admitted into the League of Evil. And it's just fun. And Scoot's art is incredible. Um, he's played a big part in putting this book together with me. And I think people forget with Nightmare World and Tales of Mystery, more Nightmare World than Tales of Mystery, but there's fun, funny stuff too. Like, when you look at stories I've written in Nightmare World, like For Those About to Rock, We Salute You, or uh, even, you know, the title's not over, Knee Deep in the Dead. There's funny stories in Nightmare World. I I like to flex that muscle sometimes too. Now I get to flex it for a full story arc, a full miniseries with Scoot McMahon, who's one of the most talented artists out there right now. And how many... It's going to be a miniseries. Yep, yep, a full story arc. I think we got five or six issues. Okay. Where do we uh, see time-wise of it coming out? Stay tuned. Um, oh, that's is that going to be some of the, the scoops that we're going to get? I, I'm hoping so, yeah. Um, we have publishers looking at several of these different books right now. So it's going to be a matter of what publishers we go with, what our uh, release schedule will look like. Um, so, yeah, but... Our intent was to have the whole miniseries, the whole book out within a year of the first issue. Okay. Hope will be the same way. We're going to have the whole first miniseries arc done in a year, by early 2019. Okay, that's cool. So that's our, that's our time frame right now. Uh, All right, so we will, we will get to more books later yes. on this summer when we, we talk. Yeah, we can sit down. Motor City is just rocking and rolling. This has been a very stop-and-go interview. Oh, very uh, much so. You've like, been here for like three fun, hours. The, yeah, the fun of editing, it really yeah, puts it down to ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I do want to quick ask you a couple things, which sure. uh, I don't know if the top of your head you would know. Let's say three years, la- like two years last year and this year, your con schedule. It, it's increased, obviously. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> and I, I, think I don't it, even have a home anymore. <laughs> I almost feel like last year you said... It was the most that you've ever done. You still keeping that? Or are you finally taking a little bit of a break? Pull um, back a little my, bit? I, I have an agenda. I have an agenda I'm not going to make quite public yet. But what I have been telling people that I ask, the next couple of years, I'm going to be doing fewer bigger. You know, uh, I'm fewer. Fewer, show, fewer shows and some of only the bigger shows. Because, um, again, just the amount of time away versus the amount of books I have coming out, this year I'm going to be a guest at DragonCon. They're bringing me in to be a guest at Dragon Con, so I'll be in Atlanta, uh, you know, uh, C2E2, New York, Seattle, 
Um, I'm starting to kind of go more coast to coast now. You know, doing new shows from New York to Seattle. So I would suspect the next couple of years I'll still be doing a good amount of shows, but maybe you won't see me quite as much in Michigan. I'm going to still be doing like Motor City, Cherry Capital, but fewer shows every year, but some hitting more and more of the bigger ones. Okay. So that's kind of the current agenda uh, on that, but stay tuned on that. All right, then to wrap it up, I, I have a question for you, and it is, where did you get those those gummy Cthulhu heads? <laughs> They're good, aren't they? They actually surprisingly like. I'm like, are these some knockoff? Where did no? Those are those are gourmet. I, I have a very good friend who um, worries about my uh, eating on the road and things like that, and she sent me gummy octopus. The uh, the, the the company name is. Oh, I'll tell you the company name. Because they're incredible. It's like um, gourmet. Hold on, they're um, they're gummy octopus. Yeah, I, I got like ten pounds of them. But it's like gourmet sweets or something like that. But they're sour, bright gummy octopus. They're amazing. I know you want one just smelling them. I'll yeah, yeah I'll, I, I'll give you one as we close out our interview. But they are so good. I, I was surprised when you handed me one earlier when I was walking around. I go, what is that? I go. Oh, damn. I love it. Oh, you know what I want to say. Well, Dirk, thank you for the interview. Thank you for the gummy. Yeah, hey, uh, cheers. Cheers. We'll talk, we'll talk later this summer. Squish. Squish. <laughs> All right, and I am with Shehan from the great, beautiful Canada. Here, down. Yep, we've come down from Canada, Toronto specifically, to party with you guys at Motor City Comic Con. We're on a mission. Now... All right, so listeners of our show, they, they know Jay. He's, you know, been on many times. And Jay has a very distinct Canadian accent. You don't seem to have that as much. I think uh, it's because I spend most of my time with a three-year-old, my three-year-old daughter. And so I try to enunciate everything as clearly as possible so she learns to speak properly. <laughs> Whereas if you've talked to Jay's son, you can't understand a word he says. Oh, yeah, half the time. And he's making up words that were like, that's not a real word. He goes, yes. that's what we say in Canada. He's lying about that, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I'm confused when I talk to Jason Clark. <laughs> now, you have multiple books here at your table. And, like, tell me a little bit about some of them. Uh, my most recent series is called Beaver Dam. I tend to give my books really stupid titles because uh, they stand out when people walk by and they see it. They go, Beaver Dam, that's hilarious, and they come over. But it's actually actually a rather serious book. It's sort of like The Revenant meets The Thing. It's a supernatural horror set in Canada during the fur trade, which uh, if you ever taught history, it sounds really boring, but really there were many factions that were at war during this time, the English and the French, uh, the Native American Indians, also the Coeur de Bois, sort of all competing for resources. And then I drop in something scarier than all of them put together. So it's a, it's a bit history, a little supernatural? A lot of supernatural. Okay. If you're a fan of people's things exploding out of people, you'll love Beaver Dam. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I know one that we were talking about before. Yeah, Kayfabe is a great crew of creators. A lot of up-and-coming guys from all over USA, Canada, Russia, Poland, who all love wrestling. And this is our second anthology that we've put out uh, through drive Through Comics. It's available there. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's a must-buy book. It's, it goes, does behind-the-scenes stuff. A story I did in the first one is uh, Cthulhu wrestling at a country fair. <laughs> like, we just go all over the place with it. It's a lot of fun. Now, Gladiosaurs? Gladiosaurs uh, is the runaway hit Gladiosaurs. And it's based on an article written by Ken Ham, the creationist, where he said that dinosaurs and, and giants used to fight on Earth about 6,000 years ago. This man <laughs> wants this stuff taught in your schools, people. And I heard that, that article went around Facebook like crazy, and I read the article, and I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. But it's the best comic book you're ever going to check out. So I went down, I got in touch with a, uh, my writer friend, Roel Torres. He cranked out the script in two hours. I drew the book in about 16 days and put it out for a Toronto Comic Con in last March. Since then, it's sold a few hundred copies has gone into second printing because it's just the most ridiculous thing. It's the book that Jack Kirby never put out. Okay, yeah. You got dinosaurs and giants. It's like devil dinosaur, you know, just 
going crazy, duking it out for a giant celestial space lion to decide if he destroys the Earth or not. Who wouldn't want that? That yeah. just, that you have me sold, man. That's, yeah. That sounds amazing. With these books, how do you approach your art style? Uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, I try to keep it a bit light, a little bit more on the side of core comic art. Uh, Jack Davis is a big influence of mine, Jack Kirby, John Byrne. I've only recently started getting into doing more shadows and patching into things, but I like a nice clean looking comic page. Now, where, at what point like in life did you say this is what you wanted to do for a living? I've read comics for 40 years, you know, but I've never, I only started making comics about four years ago. I've, I've spent most of my career as a professional artist doing commissioned commercial work, uh, doing my own paintings, and then finally I decided, you know what, I've got a couple of stories that I wouldn't mind putting out there. Uh, Homeless G-Men was the first book that I did, and I was like, you know what, this is, this is a hell of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a massive cut in pay, but I at least want to do this, you know, I at least want mm -hmm. to give it a shot. And it's gone very well. I've had work published with Image and IDW and Boom. I've been nominated for uh, Canadian Comic Book Awards. Oh wow! With only three years or so under my belt, so that I think, is pretty pretty impressive. I think I'm in the right place. You know. Now, um, what kind of books did you read growing up? I was an X-Men kid. Okay. I grew up on the John Byrne, Chris Claremont run of the X-Men, the Dark Phoenix saga, the Hellfire Club, uh, George Perez and Wolfman's New Teen Titans. Of course, and then tons of Jack Kirby books, just Devil Dinosaur and the Eternals from like the quarter from the quarter bins and stuff, just balls out imagination. I read a lot of ElfQuest. Uh, you may have never heard it. There's a legendary comic shop called Now and Then Books in Kitchener, Ontario, that has since closed. But Harry Kramer was the owner, and he is basically a huge advocate for indie books and uh, brought stuff up to Canada, like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books, or in Kitchener, a small town, you can, very difficult to find, mm -hmm. you know? But he had all this stuff, and he didn't mind selling it to a kid who probably shouldn't be buying ElfQuest <laughs> or whatever, you know? And he was a huge influence just by introducing me to stuff as a young guy, you know? He was almost a babysitter, because my mom would drop me off there to like dig the quarter bins and then take off and go shopping. And <laughs> yeah. Harry didn't know it, but I didn't have an adult supervising me at all. I'm just crawling around this comic shop looking at stuff. It sounds kind of like my childhood of, yeah, kind of getting dropped off at the babysitter when my mom's in the store somewhere yeah. else and then yeah, picking up books. Comics and... are the best. And, you know, back, you know, quarter bins and dollar bins, but, you know, there's just so much stuff to choose from. Getting runs of weird books that no one's really ever heard of and failed, but finding something you love about them, you know, like, it was a great sense to just explore story and figure out what kind of artists I liked, you know? Well, that's one of the things why I love going to conventions is seeing some books and being like, what is that? And then being like, hey, do you want to interview so I can find out even more by just asking and recording it? But it, it's great to pick up, you know, non, like, big publisher books, you know? Yeah. Creator you can get those stuff. anywhere. Yeah, you know? but at conventions, you need to seriously spend some money on some books, support the artists and writers and the people that are sweating, you know. You really want to, I think people need to see about indie comics is that they're really getting in on the ground floor to support someone so they can potentially eventually work with these other companies, right? The hardest thing about indie comics is keeping up your morale. You know, because there's a lot of hills that you have to get over. You first have to write that comic. You have to draw the whole thing. And then once that's done, you have to sell it too. You have to sell something and it's something that nobody wants. And you have to tell them that they want it. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of work. Yeah. Now, I, I know uh, artists uh, that come to conventions, they, are, they either have a book or whatever, or they're selling prints and original sketches. What do you feel like you like doing more? Doing like the sequential art or just having commissions sometimes? I'm, I love drawing sequential art because it's a challenge. It really is. You can draw Spider-Man jumping it straight out of the page as many times as you like. And maybe you're really good at that and that's what you're happiest doing. That's cool. But I, I'm a comic book artist. And that's, there's a big distinction, I think, between those two Oh, things. yeah, for sure. When I get commissions at shows, that's great. It's, it, I'm happy to do them and I... I never begrudge drawing something unless it's anime because I don't know what the hell anime is. Um, <laughs> but that's a side 
<laughs> sidebar. <laughs> but uh, I always try to push my comic books. I re I'm really proud of them. I think they're very good. I think Beaver Dam especially and Gladiosaurs sit on shelves comfortably with anything put out by Image or Boom or, you know, they're good books. They're worth reading. So I have a, a kind of a two-part question, okay. the same kind of subject. Out of your creations that you've made, what was the most challenging one? And then also, if you can recall when someone's asked for a commission and you're just like, man, I've never drawn that before. That's <laughs> going to be tough. Yeah. Okay, so Beaver Dam uh, is, is basically the first issue it has no text whatsoever. It's a silent issue. And it's a story device that you start to understand in the second issue that only certain characters speak. So drawing the book, uh, issue one, with no dialogue whatsoever, the storytelling has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No one can be confused as to what is happening. And that was a great challenge. I really appreciated, or I appreciated myself. <laughs> no, I didn't. I hated myself for giving myself that challenge, but it paid off. I've gotten really good feedback. People understood what, I sent it out to a few people first to say, do you get what's going on? And everyone could follow it. Uh, for part two, for a commission, I turned down a commission. I'll tell you, there's a guy who you turn down at, at most shows. And he's usually a guy who comes up to you and he says, could you draw me Supergirl? I went, sure, I, you know, I'd love to draw Supergirl. It's a fun character, you know, you can do her flying through the sky. And then he says, can she not have a shirt on? What? And you say, excuse me? And he says, maybe no shirt, I, I'll pay more. And you say, I don't really want to do that. And then slips in, could you draw her naked? Right underneath that. And I was like, I was, you stop and you say, just move on, man. Yeah. Just move on. And then you immediately just text all your friends who are at the show and say, okay, he's about this tall, he's got this kind of hat on, he's going to come and ask you to draw butt naked teenage girls. <laughs> that is just the weirdest thing it happens. It happens. God, I, I've, I've never had any, like, knowing many artist friends here, I've, that's a first for me yeah. of hearing something like that. That's crazy. Normally they're like, God, man, drawing Spider-Man was tough or trying yeah. to do former stuff. Turning but. down the creeps. I'll draw Spider-Man in a heartbeat. I don't. The only thing I don't really like drawing is uh, Pokemon characters because I find it very hard to not do anything that isn't just an exact representation of what Pikachu looks like. Mm -hmm. So I usually add something to it that he's juggling or something fun, but Pikachu sort of has to look like Pikachu. Yeah. My take on Pikachu, he would look very different, but the 10-year-old or 12-year-old kid who had got their dad to get the commission wouldn't want that. He wants Pikachu. How they the, know it. How they know it, yeah. that's di Those are different for me. Now, is there um, a property or something that's there that you have always wanted to be a part of? Oh, yeah. PPRD. Okay, yeah. PPRD is my favorite comic book of all time. Uh, and then The Sixth Gun after that is my fa my second favorite book. To work on either of those properties with with the it work in the Magnoliaverse would be the height for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not Marvel, it's not DC. I love those companies, but my heart is in horror, I think, and doing BPRD books would be amazing. Now, do you uh, have you like fully fleshed out, written some stuff that you're just like amazed at, but you have like sat on because you're like, just gonna do my art thing and. Um, the, the book I'm working on currently is gonna take about, I'm working on it while doing Beaver Dam. It's gonna take over a year to do and, and people are already excited about it. It's, good, it's a ton of work and it's called Giant Size Dracula. And it's about a city that has to defend itself from a giant Dracula. And like it's classic Dracula, he's got the cape and the thing and everything, he just happens to be 200 feet tall. And it's a ton of work drawing this book, because if he's in every panel, every person is has to be drawn to, scale, to, yeah. drawn to scale and stuff. So that's going to be fun, but it might kill me at the same time. I might get killed by giant-sized Dracula. <laughs> but it's going to be a blast, that's going to be huge. Well, I look forward to hearing that, and Jay, thank you so much for taking oh, the time man, to talk with me. it's an absolute pleasure talking with you. And, yeah, Drunk on Comics. I knew the logo. I think I follow you guys on Facebook, but I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, we like to have you fun. At a show before. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a great name. That's yeah. the thing. It's the best name. Well, thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. That is a little strange. Maybe, uh, maybe they were doing like a holding thing, like they do in New York, where they put you down in the basement before they actually let you in. 
they possibly, well, I think because everyone has wristbands because they have three-day passes. Yeah. Because that they're just like, oh, just go on in through the door then. Yeah, so maybe yeah, it's yeah. just a little bit quicker than having to corral them into a, yeah, the holding pen, as you would call it. So, Ben. Oh, did we already start? Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Are they going to hear my dissertation about the bathroom? Uh, no, I didn't get that part. But oh, okay. If you, you want to repeat it. Uh, yeah, no, just we're sitting near the bathrooms, and it's amazing because there's no line. And usually at these things, it's like 15 grown men doing the pee-pee dance as they wait. That's it. There was, there was no more than that. <laughs> well, I am with the writer of the seance room. Oh, yeah, that's me. And what... All right, uh... Is this the only book that you've written? Well, um, since so, so yeah, so I can say since uh, I saw Tony last year here at Detroit with Kayla. Kayla was here at the time; she couldn't make it out this year. Um, <clears throat> she is missed. Um, we we've had a very good year. Like, there's been, and none of it I can really technically talk about too much. I can say I'm now writing for. This company called Mad Cave Studios down in Miami does a book called Battle Cats. Um, they're in Diamond previews. They're all the whole thing, and um, I'm working on a new property for them. Oh, that's cool. So that's been great. Um, and then this company we partnered with Source Point Press, partnered with Charon Comics out of San Diego. Freddie Packard. Uh, I am doing uh, a kids book for him, like a not just like a kids comic, but like a, a kids book. It's it's very adorable. I can. Um, I think. I think I can say the name, at least. Okay. It's really cute. It's called Moo Mouse Goes to the Moon. <laughs> yeah, and um, so it's it's cool. It's actually, I you know, tentatively the idea is there's so many books for kids about, um, you know, you, you follow your dreams, follow your dreams, but none of them necessarily address how hard it is to work to make your dreams attainable. So that's sort of the uh, the goal of it is like, yeah, for, for sure, dream. And also work hard and, and dream and do both. Yeah, so so it's been a really great. Those are the ones that I, like, for sure, can talk about in a not for sure way. <laughs> you know, everything else is uh, there are other things on the table, but nothing that I can necessarily. Well, say, uh, maybe uh, you might be able to answer this one. If not, then just say oh, yeah. Can't uh, so with creating a new property um, and any of these new, I know that art is just as good as the writing for stories mm-hmm. for comic books. Oh so. yeah, it's. How much though do you do you have say of creating characters? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you collaborate with the artists? I mean, obviously with the Seance Room, that's a you know your own thing a, and stuff. So you well, even, no, I would even say with Seance Room, that was a huge aspect of it. Kayla designed the look of the entire Seance Room. Like she, uh, I mean, the the actual ghosts. I, are, so if if you don't if y'all don't know, um, and why the hell aren't you listening to this podcast more if this is your first time? that you didn't hear me last year, you jerks, you sons of bitches. Listen, um, Seance Room is a book about these six ghosts trapped in this mansion um, where each issue, someone enters the Seance Room and like a guest star and their story gets told to this debilitatingly horrific degree by the ghosts. Um, And then it all wraps up by the end. So, you know, you're getting an overarching theme, but you're getting fresh stories with each issue. So that, that, that was the book that Sourcepoint Press graciously, and I do mean that, they've been wonderful. I, I'm not just blowing smoke right now. Um, Tony can see, I'm, I'm tired as hell. I'm actually, I'm like lying here with my head on my hand, you know. Um, well, it's so, been a long con. Man. It's been a long con. Um, so Tony knows that I'm not, you know, I'm not even, I'm not in the mood to be pleasant. So, um, so that, that, that's serious. Sourcepoint's been great to us. We, we designed it, um, Kayla, really pick the way they look. I mean, I, I dictated like sort of who they were and what part they were to play and sort of their their, their, their whole, you know, what what their deal is, right? Like what their bag is. And then uh, the older I get, by the way, I, t- I talk more like my dad. Hey man, what, what's their bag? You know, do they dig it? Do they dig it or not? How are, they, how are the kids digging it? Uh, well, I will say one, one page in particular I dug Digged. Dug, uh, you, you dug, dug digged. Dug, you dig dug. Uh, you were playing games the whole time. You were playing dig dug. That's fine. The page with the the royals, like the, the royal like, yeah cards, everything. Like thanks, man. I'm glad. I'm glad really, you did. You come up with that, or did Kayla just say I'm gonna? I mean, obviously it's her art, but like yeah, no, that one, um, that one was definitely a collab. Um, 
because the the dialogue on it is um, a poem, or po I guess poetry. It's verse rather than prose, and um, so it was very specific. Now Kayla picked having the king and queen linked arms over the thing. Um, I picked. I sort of pitched a different idea. Kayla was like, "Well." Can we try this instead? And and it, uh, I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, um, so so I so ultimately, yeah, I kind of came up with the idea of how the page was going to go in not linear classic fashion, um, and it it's a time progression page, right? So like, the way I the way I figure it is something like time progression is already such an abstract concept in, in comic books anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you're not going to try to do it with captions or like really just sort of nail it down, that. You, that, there's your opportunity to sort of play a little bit with the medium. So that was the idea going into it. And then Kayla, as she always does, refined it and sort of, you know, pitched me this new book. And, and of course, I was like, yeah, I mean, you, at, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to draw it. So I, you, I, I want you to enjoy slash like slash take some ownership over the thing that you're working on, you know? Um, I, I try to be really good that way um, because, like you said earlier, and I... I mean, you, you couldn't see me. But I was nodding my head vigorously, uh, so vigorously, guys. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> can you hear that in my voice? I'm just got vigor for days, guys. Uh, um, the the art is, you know, fifty percent of it, man. Uh, it's it's a comic book. Otherwise, I'll just go write a book, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm. That's not me. I don't. That's not my thing. I, I love art. I love this stuff. So, that's the sound room. Uh, I I can't. I can't really talk about. Um, the um, the other project because that's I, I actually had to sign some like <laughs> serious looking paperwork for that one but I can say that the artist his name is Travis Mercer and he is incredible okay incredible definitely look him up this guy he takes everything you love about 90s comics and cleans it up all right yeah but he's he's younger than I am. He's like a, he's like in his twenties, and um, so it's it's definitely that thing of he loves it, but he's not stuck in it. He's appropriating it in a wonderful way. Yeah. Now uh, I didn't mention to you earlier this weekend, but uh, so we we picked up uh, Santa Room number two. Source Point was at one of our comic book shops in Grand Rapids, and so picked it up then. Wait, which then, which comic store? Uh, the Comic Signal. The co Comic Signal? Yeah. I follow them on, on Instagram. Comic Signal, I love you guys. And uh, we we also then, we always have our booze in a book uh, that we highlight a book and put a booze with, so we, we use that as our booze in a book. <gasps> what so. did you pick? Lynn's picked it, and it, it was a, it was some sort of whiskey, I think. Perfect. Because... Kayla will I thought that. that was great, but she doesn't really like whiskey, but because of the fucked up nature of the books, you know, the... the twist of like what goes on she's like it's perfect because it's enjoyable but it's uncomfortable y yes uh, that's what that's, what that's it was. really funny do you remember what the brand was i'm actually a big whiskey drinker uh, i could probably try to look it up i have it somewhere i'll have to know you know what? I'll, I'll actually have to just go on the, i'll have to do my due diligence and go and on the website li and actually yeah listen and all that kind of stuff um i've gotten i've gotten so bad i started last year or the you know the year before i was listening to like three it was crown royal because oh, Crown Royal's so great. that was another reason well, to tie it in. That's even better. That's like because it's Canadian whiskey too, so it's a little wild. You know, it's not doesn't have that smooth. It's got the spikes to it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Crown Royal, I love that. Um, that's really rad. So with with that being said about the book and everything, well, you have so you said six six stories. No, we actually have. Um, well, technically we have four, but. Uh, that's what the contract is for with, with Travis and SourcePoint, but I'm pretty sure that we're already looking at the next um, Do you already have four. the scripts for four? Oh, right dude, I, I have 15 written. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 15 written. I mean, the other so thing... So we're just waiting on Kayla. Kayla, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, no pressure, but, you know, we could we could read number three. Um, so, uh, you know, because the other cool thing is we're teaming up with Deep Water Games, and... Um, I, do, I, I can't say to the extent of that also just because it's, it's that thing now um, but what I will say is that part of what I am hoping to bring to the table hoping so that it's not confirmed or you know is that I'm hoping to bring to uh, a potential board game 
of the seance room is, oh, is um, fresh stories so that you're playing through original stories of the seance room. Um, so not only do I have to have these, you know, really for every one you write, there's like one bad one. So you have to have 16 written if you're going to have eight done. And then on top of that, we're going to, you know, potentially, once again, catching, you know, um, the all original stories for the board game. Okay. Yeah. That's so. that. Just with the setting of what the book is, I could just see that being a very interesting. I, dude, off air, I will tell you some of the stuff but Ooh, there's some I, I like getting some little tidbits some tidbits and, I mean you're I, I mean you're around you know the guys you'll eventually hear all the stuff I'm sure but like um, yeah there's some super very exciting like the ideas being thrown around right now are they're they're the crown royal of of uh, board game ideas right now awesome yeah dude well before we wrap up uh, let's learn a little bit more about you um, why because I mean, people that are going to be reading this book, they kind of want to know the you know the man behind the pen. Yeah. So I will. I, I will. I, I'm sorry to cut you off there real quick. I will say, if you see me at conventions, guys, and I'm sure I actually I'm seeing a lot of you. I'm sure because the Michigan crowd is super supportive and awesome. Um, you'll notice that like I'm this big like. Yesterday, someone asked me what frat I belong to, and I was like, <laughs> just laughed at them. Uh, I'm this big like hulking type of dude who's all sweet and funny, and then you read the book, and it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, yesterday, were you singing opera, or you are singing, or... Oh, you're that's, up? that's funny. Yeah, so, um, I really... God. <laughs> I really like musicals. <laughs> so, we were actually having a great time yesterday. David Hayes and I, who wrote The Rot, he and I were... Um, doing Swedish chef singing Sondheim musicals. <laughs> oh, jeez. So it was like, prefer to Hirsch of Sweeney Hirsch. <laughs> you know, Sweeney Todd. And we were just like literally all day long. Um, and it, it got it got to the point where Travis <laughs> just walked away. Um, so, but that's fine because David Hayes does this main accent that Travis hates. So it's like, I think we're all in a contest with each other to figure out how we can annoy the other one to the point of walking away. Well, that, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> as as you're more recently new as of last year to the convention family, yeah, like, yeah, man. People at Source Point, you know, uh, Dirk, uh, Seth, you know, other people. We're all like, you saw us all just hanging out at the after party and stuff. Like yeah. we we enjoy each other's company, yeah. And we and like brothers, we like to push each other's buttons. Buttons. Travis yeah. is the biggest that we love to poke the bear yeah. just to see. Well, because when it happens, it's really fun to watch. Like yeah. When when Travis does get upset, it's it's a it's a, like kind of a event. Um, yeah, it's funny because this is the second year now um, that I've been on the trail, and guys like Dirk Manning and Seth the Moose before were so uh, just like you know Dan Doherty. Like there were these guys who, to me, I was like I can't talk to these guys right over like overwhelmed. And now it's I mean I still I understand why I felt that way, but it seems like a silly thing to have felt at the time. You know, and I still don't know those guys super well, but uh, you know, getting to know them more and more, and appreciating their work, and you know, getting to read Floppy Cop this year, and getting to read Hope that uh, Dirk did with Kaylin Smith, and um, you know, well, that's a big thing too. When I first started coming conventions, I was a little like shy to like go talk to people. Yeah. But so many people are approachable. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying, you know, you're looking everything, you know, but you're you're a fun, friendly person, like. Hell, you're over there hustling those books, and you're talking to everyone. Oh, thanks, man. You uh, you know how to work a crowd, and that's how pretty much everyone, most people here. I mean, you'll see some artists, like, they'll be writing and drawing, yeah. but but they're approachable still. They want to talk to their fans. They want to talk to people that want to know what they're working on. Yeah, so. I, yeah I found that for sure. Um, you know, if, if anyone sings Sweeney Todd with the Swedish chef accent, you know you can walk up to them. <laughs> or you know you should stay the shit away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, man, Tony, thanks for having me on again, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, man. It's 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 fun to have um, to have now been. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. Like in a couple of years, to I'll use Drunk on Comics as my measuring measuring stick and be like, oh Jesus, I oh, boy, I was I was real green there. Like, <laughs> wow, I did not know how to pace myself by Sunday. I already lost my voice, and 
you know, and then four years from now, I'll be like, <laughs> chump, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, that'll, so I'll use I'll use Drunk on Comics as my, <laughs> yeah, as my litmus test. All right, well, thanks, Ben. Awesome, dude. Lead, lead away, and I'll answer away. So. All right. So I'm here with Jeremiah Lambert. Not, man. To be, not to be confused with Lambert. Yeah, no, Christopher Lambert is not my uncle. <laughs> Unlike what I used to say when I was a kid. Now, one of the reasons why I want to stop and talk to you is because of your real, realistic-looking Mario that I saw shared online, which you said you posted it five years ago? Yeah, 2012 was when I... Uh, made it it's in it's strange how the internet works sometimes because i most recently saw it like a couple months back so yeah it's still going strong online and it is a very just the whole killing that goomba is <laughs> is gruesome but amazing well thank you man appreciate it yeah i put it on reddit five years ago i mean basically right after i finished it i put it on reddit and it went to the top page of the gaming reddit and then somebody reposted it like two weeks later and went to the top page again. So, and I, it was linked to my DeviantArt and that DeviantArt has like hundreds of thousands of views. And then, and then it started getting copied and shared. And now it's, now it's like going across Instagram like crazy. So every once in a while I'll actually get linked in, a, in one that has like 50,000 likes and stuff like that. So it's basically my 15 minutes of internet fame that just keeps keeps going. In. Now is that is that the only thing that you've Feel has gotten that notoriety or that viralness yeah yeah basically uh, I, try, I was trying to really get this I have a link in a Zelda piece that is a which is also excellent which I mean a, all your stuff well is thank you excellent. man appreciate it. yeah it's a tribute to like Conan the Barbarian style and so I was trying I was really trying to get that to hit the same way that I got the Mario one to hit but it just wouldn't do it so <laughs> so yeah that's that's about the extent of my internet viralness is the Mario now uh, I mean you have an eclectic taste in in your art here you yeah have a lot of different genres and everything you'll notice nostalgia plays a lot plays a lot into it yes that's what I find like interviewing a lot of people you know I kind of ask them where where they came from what made them get into art so uh -huh. what's your what's your story so as a kid it's pretty much dad dad got me into art uh, dad is an artist so I guess you could say there's some genes handed down. Um, I loved comic books after my dad bought me a, fir a first issue of a Fantastic Four, and it just never stopped from there. Like I always just kept collecting comic books, and I would try to emulate what I saw. And I obviously just like became fans of like certain artists and whatnot. So that's how it kept going. And then when I got out of high school, I pretty much took art pretty seriously. I mean, as serious as a kid would, mm -hmm. you know all the way up through high school but when I got out of high school I actually got into music really hard and I was in a band that toured the entire you know United States oh really yeah. nice. what was uh, the name we weren't big or nothing okay. but we were called the Serpent Sun we were a metal band okay. uh, but we did it all the way you know coast to coast and whatnot. but as soon as all the bands fizzled out and I've been in a few not just that one but there's been a few <laughs> all the bands have fizzled now so now I'm in my late 30s so uh, it's been it's been fun to get back into that uh, you know I've been in back into it now for about a good six or seven years taking it a lot more serious uh, got a lot of credits actually not besides just like doing comic cons I've worked on Transformers worked on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe worked on Tonka Chuck uh, so. don't know that last one Tonka I've, Chuck I've, so you know Tonka Trucks right yeah Tonka Chuck is like the store kitty version of Tonka Chuck okay. or Tonka Truck toys basically so so they got like videos and box art and stuff like that I've done that's what I've done of box art for them and stuff so. now is there so when going back to when you're a kid what was something that you're just like I would love to work on that book or like what was your pride spider-man okay. I like if I ever get on a spider-man book I'll, I'll poop my pants and then and then I'll, I'll I'll be happy forever see I had a couple friends I mean before even getting back into comic books I was when I was younger and then post uh college but in college I had a couple actual art friends and yeah. Spider-Man was like my thing of like if you can draw Spider-Man I think you're a talented artist yeah. and mainly it's just for me to get free Spider-Man drawings from my friends <laughs> but I, and, and they all turned out pretty well I was like damn you are because I find that personally I think the hardest just with those lines and his suit and everything like yeah. that's a lot of fucking shit but then again what you said with Transformers though 
I've read uh, all those comics and just seeing how artists like the lines and making squares I almost like that's almost a little bit harder oh it, for me it definitely is there's definitely some guys out there that can do it real good but mechanical things for me is actually way harder than organic people or trees or nature or whatever that stuff's easier for me at least uh, but yeah basically after the Fantastic Four my next comic book which my dad bought was a Spider-Man okay and then I bought my own Spider-Man so it stemmed from there so then I've always loved Spider-Man I mean, I've done some. I've done lots of independent comics and stuff like that. Uh, one that I drew was called Kadojo, which is a kaiju book, a giant monster book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've done a bunch just lettering and inking, and the covers for some independent books. So my comic delving is not huge because the Transformer stuff and the He-Man stuff was all toy based. I did the toys, toy art for that. So, but yeah, I mean, someday it's gonna happen. I'm just. I still have a day job, so. <laughs> That's what, as most people, you know, I talk to as well, we all want to make it big and, like, yeah. me just being a podcaster, really get those, you know, Stan Lee interviews and stuff, yeah. but the same point, coming to these conventions, though, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and, yeah. and the different people and their backgrounds of what what they're on and everything. Yeah. I'm doing okay, though, right? So, uh, when we were talking about your childhood comic books, you still read now? Yes, I actually have a pull list at my local comic book store and uh, still get Amazing Spider-Man uh, and Fantastic Four, like, even though there hasn't it, been it, any for three years, but it's coming back now. So it, that, that was one... I was devastated because both those I have on my pull list, too. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four. Personal thing with me, when Stan Lee came to this show uh, three years ago, I think, yeah. I wanted him to sign something special because I saw him like five years ago and I had him sign like some rickety dink thing that I could afford. Yeah. I wanted uh, Fantastic Four number 48 for Silver Surfer and Galactus. Awesome. I'm fine, trying to find it anywhere and it's freaking expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and It's not going to get any cheaper probably either. Yeah, and I lucked out uh, at a a shop here uh, that was set up all three 48 49 and 50 really got them for a steal like wow. it, it how i got it so cheap uh thank the gods now and do, so, you, do you do the graded ones or do you do just whatever you can find oh well i was looking for something that was mid because i didn't i wanted something that it's for me though i'm never yeah. going to really resell this until yeah. maybe when i'm old but so it me, wasn't actually CG whatever I didn't get it CG no uh, but I got number 48 signed and I got the other three which I almost wish I would have paid for but like I said I'm not planning on reselling them so for me just having number 48 that's what meant to me and I will tell you I could probably get it graded at about a seven it's a really good maybe a six but it's it's not tattered Uh, it's got all its pages really fine and for me that was the Holy Grail. Yeah. Well, number one would be the Holy Grail, but that's, but that's even the second a Holy Grail. Sh- <laughs> even a shitty would be a couple grand for that. So, Very cool. uh, yeah. So that's what, coming to the cons for me. You know, sometimes it's finding those. Yeah, the gold. Finding moves. that little thing. Yeah. But cool. when they when they stopped uh, when Hick, Hickman's run on that, phenomenal. I love. Yeah, Hickman was good. Yeah, and so I actually really like the 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 Future Force ones even better. I think. Did you read those? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like with the kids? Yep, It was yeah. like the tie-in, basically, at the time? And, uh, well, I was so sad when they stopped, like after the Secret Wars and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. when the hell are they going to come back? When are they coming back? So happy that they've announced that it's coming back this nice. summer. And once again, I'm going to have to spend more money at yeah. the comic book shop. But. Yeah. So I will tell you a story, though. I don't know if you'll agree or disagree. I'm actually not a fan of Dan Slott, though. And he's been on Spac- oh. Spider-Man for like 10 years. So him leaving Spider-Man was like, yes, give somebody else a shot. Thank you. And then all of a sudden, Dan Slott's going to be on Fantastic uh, Four. <laughs> yes, I, I do understand the, but, the animosity towards him. But to have it back, I'll deal with it. So I mean, I've been dealing with it for 10 years. So What did you think of uh, Superior? Superior? Uh, as in? Superior Spider-Man. Oh, Superior Spider-Man. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. I mean, I, I Dan Slott is, I just don't like him most of the time, but every once in a while he'll be, he'll be fine. I know that that divided a lot of people, but yeah. for me personally, 
the whole Doc, like, it it was a fresh take on Spider-Man. He yeah. was like an asshole. Yeah. But it was really, it was fun to read. It was, was almost, kind of fun to read, yeah. And I was almost, like, upset that Peter Parker came back, like. Yeah, but he had to. You know he well, had to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not Uncle Ben dead. Like, yeah. there's really Captain Marvel and Uncle Ben are the only two that can never really come back. They, they used to say the only people that stay dead in comics is Uncle Ben and Bucky, and now Bucky's oh. back. <laughs> And at least Uncle Ben's still dead. Yeah. <laughs> praise, that praise, dead. praise the gods that Uncle Ben is yeah. dead. Now, um, what would you say out of the different? I mean, you have cartoons, you have you know comic book characters. You have what? What do you like to draw the most? Pretty much. I mean, I like doing fan art. It's fun, and people like it too. And I get commissioned to do it a lot. Uh, I do like a lot of my originals, which I don't even have any originals up on the wall because the originals obviously don't sell as well for me. Um, I mean, but I, like I said, I work on original comic ideas and stuff like that. As far as what I like to do, like I, like I said, I do like doing the the fan art. Um, man, I do like the when I when I talk about the nostalgia point, when it's 80s or 90s cartoons or movies. I really like drawing those, and it's probably pretty apparent, too. Like, the only new thing I even have is this Rick and Morty Pickle Rick. <laughs> like, other than that, you're looking at over 20 years old, usually. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you think, out of all anything that you've drawn, whether it's original or, or, you know, 80s and stuff and nostalgia, that you felt was the hardest, like, that you ever had to do? Hardest in terms of technicality? Yeah. I, I have a... T- a Ninja Turtles piece where they're all on this rooftop and the, I drew all the rooftop with the bricks and the shingles and everything like that like that was hard to do uh, that's that that's that one right there oh yeah as far as other ones I'm not sure I mean like that one's hardest and longest uh, but most of them are, I, and I don't have tons of degrees of like difficulty drawing but I guess it's anything I don't know how to draw, I have to look up reference, and then I have to draw that for the first time. I guess that's the hardest thing I have to draw. <laughs> I'm pretty good at drawing people, though, so. Now, is there um, any other inspiration besides nostalgia? Like, I mean, you pretty much can run the gamut with anything when you're yeah. an artist. You do, have you ever done portraits, uh, you know, of yeah. people? Yeah, I do portraits. Like, well, that's another thing I do commissions a lot of is people as a character. So Okay. I've done that quite a bit. A lot of people really hate doing that, and I I can't say I love it, but I don't really mind it either, so. Now, there's, and there's different styles of art, um, and I, I, I don't say this as a knock-to-character or caricature artist, but uh-huh. it's, a, it's a whole different realm. I mean, they're good at what they do. Oh, yeah. But do you, do you feel that as an artist you could transcend, like, do a different style than what you do or I feel like I actually have never found my style like if you look at some of the stuff there's several different styles so yeah that's true yeah looking at this yeah that's way different like I have like the realistic looking cartoon characters but then I have cartoon characters that are cartoony so uh, I I just love this Skeksis. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate that it. One's, that one's great, too. Um, all right, well, as you have customers around, we're going to wrap up. Uh, one last question I usually ask artists are, have you ever had an idea for a comic to write? I'm actually writing one right now uh, with my friends. Uh, we're doing a anthology book, basically. Okay. And it, the gimmick of it is kind of cliche you would say but I think we're going to have a lot of fun and I think the people that read it will have a lot of fun and I'll tell you the gimmick the gimmick is we're going to call the book 777 and it's going to be about the seven deadly sins each story in the book is going to be seven pages long there's going to be seven stories in the book it's going to cost seven dollars and 77 cents uh to buy it so we're really running the gamut with the with the gimmick here but we're starting with wrath and we're going to make some bloody and bloody goodness and uh, each sin is going to get weirder and different so I th- I'm going to have fun writing it so that sounds awesome when do you think uh, you might have that that's a good question because there's seven of us and so we have to wrangle everybody uh, I know one guy's got at least five or six pages done and everything but I know another guy that's hasn't even finished writing it so uh, I'm done writing it but I'm not done drawing it so 
All right, well, I will definitely be a lookout for that. Yeah, man. Jeremiah, awesome. thanks so much for uh, Thank you, taking buddy. the time. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yep. All right, I am here with Don Gibb, the legendary ogre. Ogre. From Revenge of the Nerds. Also in Bloodsport. Also in well. Bloodsport. And actually, uh, reading up a, a bit before coming over, you've had a lot of smaller roles in a lot of different things. I've done a lot of stuff, yeah. But you're most known... For those two. Yes. Did the Capital One commercials for five years, the Vikings. Did uh, a lot of television. Cheers and Night Court and, you know, all those. Now, I, I heard that you, you played basketball. Right, in New Mexico. And then, because of the sports and everything, and then some football? I had a car accident and went down to the University of San Diego, you know, down there. And because of that, you took some of what you learned through the college experience with the With character. Ogre, yeah. yeah. So it was pretty easy. Yeah, it so, wasn't tough. <laughs> it's just like being being you. It's like being Don Gibb as Ogre, that's right, yeah. So I'm sure you get a lot of people, you know, always bringing up the same questions and everything. So I'm going to have to probably ask some of them because, you know, it's, it's a legendary character that's been around for forever. Right. What is one of the most memorable moments from filming or from anything on the set? You know, it's really hard to put one in focus. You know, I've done it for 30 years, so they all, things blur. You know, it's hard to remember like one special moment. Probably at the time I would have remembered it, you know. But uh, I don't know, I think just being on the set and working and enjoying the company, it's all memorable, you know. Now, how did it, how did the process go for getting that spot? Did you audition? I read they for come it. To you? No, I read for it. I auditioned for Nerds. I auditioned for Bloodsport. Actually, with Bloodsport, I inter I interviewed with Jean Claude Van Damme. He actually came and met me, and he gave me the job. So, wow, yeah. that's the Purdue. Yeah, he came. He heard about me. Somebody told him about me, and he came and met me, and we got along pretty good, and I got the job. He's a master at all of his action movies and everything. Yeah. What was it like working with him? John claude in that point in time was a little difficult. But, you know, hold on, bro. Okay, sorry, bud. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so he's, you were saying, a little bit different back then than what he is now. Yeah. From what I understand now, he's got his life together a little bit, and he's not quite the... I've heard he has a... a Netflix or some type of show where it's he's got a series, him, right? Him being him, but secretly he's always been a undercover agent. I don't know. Acting he's got a... some series I've heard. Yeah. And it... then I noticed these Tostitos ads he's got now. <laughs> so all of a sudden you're seeing John Claude again. So he must have turned his little life around. You yeah. Know? Not such a complete idiot, you know. <laughs> now, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, though, being you know first big thing. Did you ever think that it blow up no. as big as it did? I don't think anybody ever had any idea. Revenge, can, we were talking about that today. Can you imagine if we did Revenge of the Nerds in this era? Oh, yeah, it would. I mean, we would have lines around the corner, you know? Uh -huh. Just, it's a, you know, just bad timing on our part, you know? <laughs> but it was, I mean, it's such an iconic show. There's, how many are there now? There's like. They're like four. Okay. We did, I did three, but there was four. Okay. Yeah. But each one had its own uniqueness, but, I mean, you had mostly recurring characters yeah. and everything. Yeah. From that, though, like it's like I said, one of those things of you didn't know how big it was going to be. Oh, no, had no idea. Had no idea. I don't think anybody did. You know. And then from there, obviously that's where you're best known from. Though, do you still have the fond memories from it? Yeah. Or yeah, though they were great memories. The, the original nerds kind of spoiled you because you know when it's your first movie you ever done, and you start thinking they're all like that. They're not. Most of them are work. Okay. That wasn't work. Yeah. You still uh, keep in touch with anyone? No, I, I live in Chicago, so I don't really see anybody anymore. I see them when we do these conventions. Yeah, I don't. One last question then: If there's uh, any advice that you could give to anyone that uh, in the world, in the in the wise words of Ogre, what would it be? It would be what? Is an actor or just Ogre? Just as an Ogre. Drink up. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you, man. All right, brother. <laughs> I want to once again thank Motor City Comic Con for allowing me to be on the the floor there and covering the convention doing some interviews with people hanging out with some friends and all around being very supportive of drunk on comics motor city comic con has been part of the con family for us for many years and we continue to have that friendship uh for many future years to come 
Now this does it for our interviews that we got this year. It was quite busy on the convention floor that we couldn't get to everyone and we had to set up some Skype interviews and some things for later on this summer. So with that, stay thirsty for some more interviews from Drunk on Comics.